Yo, it's Illa Rocco once again, doing this drop intro while I'm doing laundry, while I mix the episode, multitasking rap dads. So this is the next leak we have from the Nihilist Millennial record for me and Alaska is Cargo Colts. This one's called Great Rap Duo, featuring me rhyming alongside Alaska. The only other guest on the record is Castro. Koha Culture is on the record, represented very well. So this snippet is off the album, which you can still pre-order at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com, dropping on the next Bandcamp Day officially in October, whatever date that is. Again, no calendars on me. All right, enjoy. Thanks for watching. We're listening. You're not watching. Peace. Cargo. One, two, one, two. Cargo. Whole style Jerry Pargo. Uh-huh. Let's get Zilla. Great rap duo. Yeah. Smack this shit, yo. Yo, I got a question. What has two heads? And four thumbs. And it's killing the game. Just like a pogrom. Redefine the medium. Pete Carr and R. Crumb. What's out of this world shit? Hey, yo, my favorite Martian. Tracks always get murdered. Like Marsden and Westworld. Yo, let's take it back. Averex, Mecca, and S-Curl. Me, I'm a Jets fan. And me, I'm on my Sixers shit. And every single season. Like myth of the Sisyphus. It's like Easter legend. Mixed with Western. Tech. Or the Ezra Collective Meets protecting neck Fuck a pencil neck geek With Freddie Blassie, Iron Sheet Put a hole in your logic Like we're hostage sheets You want uh. that Andy Miller knocking side Yo, you know that sucker Yo, shit Yo, we keep it short and fat Homes with Kirby Bucket Yo, we'll take it to your face And your station unimportant With the swagger of John Stark Dunkin' over Jordan We're the old men of rap In fact, we're like father We're figures. the great rap duos for the hustler and trigger The taste that goes together We're like Tigger in the basement we can't stop, won't stop On that puffin' mate we're shit Old men of rap, we're independent as fuck. Uh-huh. We're the great rap duo like LP and Just. Ah. The taste that goes together, we're like fat beats in a clip. Rappers, we ain't the same like your intro to the. Welcome to Call Out Culture Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Silla Rock. Boom. Call out culture. We're here. We're here. Well, two of us are. Two, two thirds. Of us are here. Two thirds yeah. of us are here. Uh, I, w- I was going to say I'm here. Alaska's here. Curly Castro's not here. And I was going to say, me, I don't take no days off from this podcast. Yeah. But then again, I was on vacation and I missed one. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I missed some for class and I missed one because I don't know anything about the X Men. Oh, you did miss that one. Yeah. Yes. Someone hit me up being like, can you bring Mike back on to talk like the new arcs of X-Men? And I was like, I think he's a little busy right now. Yeah. Also, like, if we were going to bring Mike on, I feel like I want to talk to Mike about something else. Nah, no, 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 no. Me, me, me and Mike DM about X-Men currently still, but, you know, shout okay. out to, yeah, to uh, did you even fuck with the Prince Paul podcast? I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, but, bro. you know, I haven't, honestly, I got... Oh. I'm at this point in COVID where, like, I listen to, like, 15 minutes of a podcast. But and then next thing I know, minutes? it's three weeks old, and I, I just uh, delete it. Because, uh, like, yeah. I don't have my, my typical podcast lanes anymore. Yeah, it's fucking garbage, dude. Uh, it, it's funny, because it's made me reassess, like, my podcast subscriptions. Yeah. So same. there's some, I was like, you know what? Like, finally this week after 12, 13 years, I finally had to unsubscribe and delete Bill Simmons forever. Good, forever. good for you. Welcome to you know, the club. Yeah, you know, I, I've been fucking with him. So he was like one of the first podcast dudes ever. I just remember like, yeah. I remember just like, like loading up on his shit for like plane rides and sh- tours yeah. and shit. Uh, you know, and reading his stupid fucking Boston books. But um, 
but yeah, no, I'm just like, what? Like every time it pops up, I'm always annoyed. I'm like, I don't want to hear what the, f- I don't care what he has to think about this shit. Yeah, whatever. I don't hear is. him like talking to Chuck Klosterman or Michael Rappaport about something. I see. I like when he would talk to Klosterman only because Klosterman would be like, "Your ideas are terrible." <laughs> like he would say that to him. <laughs> he would be like, "What are you talking about?" And he'd be like, "What? Uh, isn't Tim Tebow like the Karate Kid?" And he'd be like, "What the fuck are you saying to me?" You know what I mean? Dude's a fucking idiot. I mean, yeah, he he cornered the market. I'll give him props on that. He but. did it, man. No, shout out to Bill Simmons though. I, I rock with him probably from like, probably like '05 to like, I don't know, last year, really. Yeah, I've showed that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I remember when he was like when it used to be like page two or whatever it yeah, was. That's, yeah, that's why, that's why we catch him. Yeah, like I used to, I used to print out his articles to read on planes. Like you know, before yep. even before the podcast, like oh yeah, the two the two people were him and Hunter S. Thompson had a column. Oh yeah, did you read his book, the Hey Rube book? Hey Rube, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've read tons yeah. of his stuff, but yeah, yeah, the, the um, page two stuff is great. Yeah, his his post nine eleven. Um, synopsis was like the oh. most spot on thing ever. Like, I gotta read like, that. It's been a, it's yeah. almost 20 years. Never forget 9 and 11. Yeah. They won't let you. You can if you want to. It's illegal. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm like four or five episodes into the, into the boys. Okay. What are you thinking? This shit is off the meat rack. Like, this yeah. is, it really paints the picture as to why. In the comics and cartoons, Batman did have to keep tabs on the Justice League at all times. Yeah, and like and know all of their weaknesses. He would like he would like record their fights and yeah. start noticing their trends, and then like develop all the antidotes to fucking waste them if he had to. <laughs> like this show is like this is why you need someone doing this at all times. Yeah. Who's on the inside? Yeah, yeah. So if you if any if any listenership out there is fucking with the boys, don't spoil it. I'm a late bloomer on it, but uh. And I remember the book came out. And I didn't. I was like, I, mean, I thought the book was like a satire. It was called yeah. The Boys. I was like, all right, this is gonna be some dumb shit. But uh, it's that shit is raw, dude. That is like it's oh, good. The violent show. It's definitely good. I mean, there's there's been a couple good like that so far has been pretty good. The second season, that second season of Umbrella Academy was real dope. Yeah, see, I haven't I haven't gotten to that. Yet. I'm always I'm like with, with some of these shows. I'm like how I'm with new rappers where I hate them automatically for two years and then I yeah. come into it like an open mind. I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I wanted to do that with Cobra Kai, but then I started watching it and I was like, oh, I can't do that. So good. It was, yeah. It was, so it, it was real good. And that, that fight in the last episode was dope. Oh, like, it was just like a whole episode of a fight. <laughs> it was a giant brawl. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. At, the, at, the end of every, at the end of every episode, they have like the 80s karate culture music. Dun, dun, oh, it's so dun, good. Dun, 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 dun. Like the fucking heart guitar and the synthesizers. I was like, yeah. It's so good. It'll be like a kid like looking at his phone. like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> This shit is hard, man. Yeah, so anyway, we don't really have like a main topic. We were going to do something tonight that was, you know, very organized and scripted and scheduled as we do as a show. And then uh, Castro could make it. For, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Sometimes people people can't make it. I'm over here drinking fucking tart cherry juice. I'm right at the end of this. I got no alcohol left in the house, so yeah, yeah. We um, you know, we were out of town for a couple weeks, actually a couple months. But um, <laughs> we a friends of ours they had like their ceiling collapsed in their apartment. Jesus Christ! So we were able to let them stay at our place because we weren't here. And I came home like last Friday. And they completely filled up our fridge with beer and wine. Oh, well, that's incredible. Yeah. 
I was like, well, like I'm talking like 20 bottles of wine. Jesus. Like four or five cases of beer. Wow. I was like, wow. You guys didn't Uh-oh. have to do that. Yo, I forgot to post pictures. Shouts to DJ Paul, man. I got the care package. Oh, yeah. He sent it to oh, you. Oh, I got it. Yo, peep it. Nice. Listeners can't see it. But DJ Paul, Hangar 18, shouts to him and, and, and uh, adult rappers, director. Bro, he sent me the Hangar 18 sticker. Nice. I don't even He's, have that. You don't even have that. The round uh, Hangar 18 sticker, nice. the multi-platinum debut. He's the silver. The silver wow. Hangar 18 sticker. I don't even know where to put all these joints because I have speakers. I put them on. I'm running out of space. Then, then DJ Paul wrote me this ill letter. I'm going to read it on the pod. He said to Zilla Rock LaBlaca. That's kind of ill alias. Thought you should have a copy of this in the crates. Enjoy. He sent me the, the Aesop 12-inch for easy with no jumper cables on the B-side. That Paul that remix, right? Crazy DJ Paul remix that I, I always thought was better than the album version for years. He said, thanks for the kind words in regards to the remix on Call Out. Love what you guys are doing, even Tim sometimes. Nice. Shout, shout at you. Very Keep Paul. it moving. Yo, my, when, when, I, when I opened his left on the table, my wife was like, who wrote you that letter like that? What is that? Because it's all graffitied out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Paul. Yeah. It's like some hip-hop shit. I yeah. can't see it because my background's all fucked up. But anyway, yo, shout out to DJ Paul, man. It was yeah. my first, my first podcast gift, man. Paul's good like that. Like one day, great guy. He, he's like, he emailed me. He's like, "What's your address?" <laughs> I sent it to him, and a couple days later, I get um, my copy of "Check the Technique" oh. that I lent to him. I lent it to him years ago. Oh, look at that! For because um, he was, it was like right before he started getting ready to do adult rappers. Nice. And I was like, you know, it was something that was percolating in his head. I was like, yo, you should read this because it's kind of like dope and kind of like, I think is similar to what you're trying to do. It's a little different, but I think it's like, you know, going back and looking at the history of all this stuff. Right. And years later, he met uh, Brian Coleman, who wrote it. Yeah. And I opened it up and it's like, just basically like autographed with a note from Brian Coleman. Damn. I was like, holy shit, that's dope. So shout out to Paul. Paul's very thoughtful, very good dude. Paul, you got any loose ass beats? You know, I got a bunch of Paul beats, dude. No, uh, I'll send you some. I don't know if he has the files for it, but I'll send uh, them to you. Well, that's fine. You know, yeah, right. you can Whatever. mixtape them, man. Yeah, mixtape them. That'd be fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, man. Shout out to DJ Paul. But any listeners want to send, you know, some good ass whiskey? Get at me. You can shoot yeah, me on a DM. You can, you know, you know, some cigars. That'd be that be wonderful. Any like local ales specific to wherever the hell you're listening from? You can shoot it to yeah. me or Alaska. Not so much Castro, but us. Yeah, Castro yeah. doesn't drink anyone. So no, no Castro. Wanna, and Castro, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest sending Castro what he enjoys because it may end up getting you like fed time. That's a felony right there. Yeah, especially that, if it's cross state lines. Yo, there was this dude we do. Yo, I'm not gonna say this. <laughs> this dude we used to know, right? He was this super whacked out producer cat. And I was living on South Street in Philly. You ever been to South Street when you were yeah. down here? Okay. So I was living on South Street for a couple of years. And I met this cat. He, I forget where he found me, like on MySpace or some shit. I don't know. And, but he, he saw that I was in the scene. So he like linked up with me. And he lived, he lived like maybe eight blocks west of me off South Street. Okay. So we started rolling. We started, this dude started coming through. Beats were crazy. He was super eccentric and fucking weird as hell, as like most producers are. And he, he was like, we were like, oh, so where are you from? He's like, Oakland. I just moved to Philly. And we were like, what are you doing in Philly? And he's like, oh, you know, my girl's a nurse. She got a job here. And I'm, I'm like a public school teacher. 
but he he made it like one or two days in the Philly public school system and like left crying and never went back again because wow. the kids were so ruthless to him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like and he was like in North Philly. And he's like this goofy like West Coast dude with shaggy hair or something like that. So Oh my god. So we were like he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, hustle beats or do whatever. But he ended up like he ended up like getting some felonies in the mail. I'll put it like that. <laughs> like he wow. up, and and like they were on me and Catherine was talking about this. You know, they were like sitting on his crib, like waiting for this dude. And it's he amazing. was and he was like, he played it off like, oh I don't that this must be like a mistake. And like that's not for me. What are you talking about? You know, this dude is the biggest clown in the world. And 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 what but what turned me off to this dude was he was the type of cat where he was like the the bum ass like artist dude, where number one uh his he was his girl had like a good job like they were yeah his, his, his place was like and not like a terrible part of the city but he would come to your crib so one time this dude, this dude comes over to my crib i just go food shopping right and i'm, okay. a, I'm a bachelor he's like my food shopping i'm like 80 dollars. it's gonna hold me down like two weeks you know? yeah <laughs> so i get a thing of juice you know like whatever the hell it was like all natural juice i don't know so the dude comes in as i'm like putting all my groceries away because he lived a few blocks away so he comes in the crib, I'm like putting stuff away. And now he was like, I was like, yo, you want anything? You want some water or something? I just, I, just went, I just went food shopping. He's like, oh, this juice looks good. So we're kicking it, whatever. He's playing me beats, we're, you know, going over songs, whatever. Next thing I know, he leaves. I go to get juice. This dude drank half of the whole bottle of juice. Wow. Like it was, it was, he drank at least 30 ounces of juice. That's whack. I was like, bro, are you for real? And then we did a video shoot with this dude. And it was this pizza place I worked at for 15 years. So everybody came to the video shoot, was in it. I, I paid for like seven to 10 pizzas, sodas. You know what I mean? I just paid for everybody yeah. to come through and eat it. I didn't, I didn't eat any of the pizzas. We're filming. And it's the middle of winter. It's freezing cold. I go to get it. Like I'm thinking, like, all right, at the end of the shoot, there'll probably be like, you know, like, like maybe a pie left over, like random slices. I'll put it in a box. Again, right. I'm a bachelor at the time. I'll take it home. I go to get the pizza. Like, yo, the pizza's gone. All of it. And I was like, how? And one of my men was like, yo, your producer, homie, he ate like, he ate like a pizza and a half by himself. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I paid for this. I paid for everybody's food. This dude couldn't leave me any. They're like, nah, he scarfed it all. And they even wow. said, like, 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 and they even said, we put it to the side for you guys because we had like two directors filming, you know, a bunch of people. He's like, nah, he, he wolfed it down. I what was a like, scumbag. Right. <laughs> so my, my, my final point, I'll wrap this story up, is it was his birthday. And they invited me over and I got my payback. I went to the cake and cut out all the biggest pieces and just like ate cum and just threw it in trash. Nice. <laughs> it was like an Oreo cake. And nice. I was like, you want some cake? I was like, yeah, give me seconds. Give me all the cake. I, I, I took one or two bites through. <laughs> I, nice. like, I like wasted this dude's birthday cake. <laughs> nice. This is a 20-year-old rap shit. That's there's awesome. always dudes like that, man. I, there's, there's somebody that and I may have told you this story, so but I'm gonna leave the person's name out. But you might know the story once I tell you the name. I mean, once I know the name, once I tell you the story. Right. This was back in like probably like 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. maybe a little later. But um, it was somebody I was cool with, and it was like I had them over, and we were like playing video games and smoking blunts, mm-hmm. and. I had just gone to the store and I bought like a box of Dutch Masters or, some, or White Owls or something. Right. Like it, those, it had to be one of those because those were the ones that I, I was good at rolling. And um, so we, we smoked and we got, we got blazed out and he was about to go and I was like, all right, I'm going to the bathroom. 
and let me or like I don't know for some reason I had to like step out of the living room and I came back and you know he peaced out and I come back and the box of duchess is gone so there's like two duchess left and I was like I would have given them to you (laughs) like if you asked I would have given no problem it's like it's basically like a dollar you know what I'm saying like oh my god but the motherfucker stole my duchess and that man's name was LP (laughs) no it definitely wasn't LP um but yeah that was your time hanging with terror squad that was it that was the last time i that was back when i was interning for puffy and shine came over (laughs) shine shine came over and stole your dutch masters oh my dutch masters (laughs) but it was like it was already like there was like i was kind of like falling out with homeboy at that point but that was like the final thing i was like all right i'm done come on bro yeah, don't don't yo. There's uh, just a tip for all of our of our listeners, burgeoning yeah. artists, retired artists. You were we've all been that guy, the fucking scumbag dude. It's yeah. cool. It's funny if you're like 22, 23. A little yeah. less funny when you're 27. The cutoff is 28. Yeah, you, you got to stop. Scumbag after 28, it's a problem. It's a major problem. It's a it's a serious uh, impediment. Know, and I was like a scumbag till 35, so you know <laughs> I can definitely <laughs> let you all know that. <laughs> No, I, I try to instill this in my daughter. The habits that you create now. Yes. You're like going into middle school. These are the habits that are going to define you for the next 20 years. Straight up. If you, you were know? if you were a cloned 34-year-old version of you listening to the show, you'd be like, what's wrong with that stuff? Like, the dust masks are free. Yeah, these dudes are fucking idiots. <laughs> of course I need all the pizza. Are you crazy? Yeah. I'm not paying for it. I'm drinking all the juice. I left you here. They shouldn't have put it out if they didn't want me to take it. <laughs> he offered. I said, yeah, yeah. drag him yeah. it. Left him half. Done. All right, we're going to yeah. take our first break. All right. We got, we got some new ads that pop off for you guys, too. Cool. Wow. What's up, everybody? Logic here. If you didn't know, Autopilot is now pre-ordering, set for release October 20th, 2020. Reserve your copy today. We got limited edition purple vinyl. We got CDs. We got T-shirts. We got posters. We got stickers. Multiple packages available. Go to imelogic.com or logic.bandcamp.com and reserve your copy. This is a special record to me, my first self-produced joint. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys. You know what I'm saying? So don't sleep. All right, y'all. Peace. Back, co-op culture, two-man pod. Um, Alaska's here, Zilla's here, that's me. Um, you know, my, my basement is such a fucking disaster because my, my son, his friend, I'm like, I'm like, you're talking, I'm playing with like a fucking like, uh, you can't, a Lego toy from uh, Jurassic World. Like okay. Owen. I'm like randomly just playing with my hand. I'm like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, because it's here. This is my basement. Yeah. fucking disaster. This used to be a rap centric area. Not anymore. Once you have nah, kids, nothing is, nothing is yours. I'm 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 in a corner because I had to plug my my laptop in, and I'm just surrounded with like variants of Legos, like big yeah. ones, small joints, L- Lego Jurassic World, and building blocks, fucking back cave shit, and yeah. then I'm, I'm I'm resting my laptop on a fucking Leonardo plush doll. Wow, look yeah. at that. Yeah, it's, there you go to keep my legs that's, from burning up. Solid. I've been um, <laughs> this this has now become the uh, the quality culture parent parent episode. Uh-huh. Um. I've been doing this thing like my daughter has this habit of like leaving her shit around and all kids do right Correct. but I'm trying to like break it I'm like you're old enough now like you can't be doing this shit yeah. so like the other day I was like I told you to put your shoes away 
Like your shoes are in the living room there every day. I'm like, you've got to put your shoes away and they're still out there. Right. He's like, all right, I don't remember. Like, you know, she's like yeah. getting to those like pre those like tween years where it's like mm-hmm. weird emotions are coming. So like half the time it's like weird emotions. You know, you're like, why are you picking on me? I'm like, I'm just telling you to put your shit away. <laughs> um, but so it's like we get into this whole thing and then I walk into the next room and my shoes, which had been sitting there for four days, still <laughs> sitting like right there. I'm like, oh man. I don't know where she gets it from. Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah. That's a mess, man. Well, this is well. This episode's kind of a mess because, like I said, we had a whole thing plotted up, and then we're like, we called an audible, like fucking Frank Wright back in yeah. the day on the bills. So, why don't we make this like the weird, like you should check this show. You should check this. this yeah, show, like not- whatever it is. Like we could we could each take a few different things. It could be music. It could be TV. It could be movies. It could be. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Because I was talking about the boys earlier. You should yeah. check the boys, for example. There you I go. I think it's a good show to check. Um, all right. So here, here's what I'm gonna lead off with. Actually, hold on. Let me get my microphone right. clapped in tight to my my Joel and B jersey. Um, so what I've been loving during COVID is I went all in on Apple Music because I had I had the free Spotify account because I was like, fuck them. I'm not giving them any money. Um, and then my wife got me when I got this laptop. She got me um, I came like an Apple, uh, a Apple Music like trial. So I have okay. my old laptop, which I made. I still make all my music. That laptop is like 13 years old. And then my day-to-day laptop was a gift from my incredible wife, which I now use for like work and the podcast and everything. So nice. it came with the Apple Music. I was like, all right. So I was fucking with it, and I was fucking with Apple Radio and like Beats music. And then I was like digging into you know old albums again. But um, so it's like a two prong thing. So the one is an old album I discovered. I, th- I probably tweeted about it a few months ago, and I was playing again today. Fucking Queen Latifah, bro. Oh, which one? Unity. Black Rain. Yes. Yeah. Black, oh, Black Rain. Yeah. That's right. That album's fucking. Oh. I was playing it again because I, I I probably bumped it like a week straight, and I probably discovered it a month and a half ago. And I tweeted, and Block Block was like, "Yo, you gotta check that Yo Yo album too. That shit was." So I was like adding that to my library and like banging that joint. I was like, these are crazy. But that Queen Latifah record, I don't so know good. why. I, you know what? Like I was, I was probably like 12 or 13 when it hit. Cause I remember I bought the UNITY single on tape. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the video was crazy to me. Remember like Vin Rock walks by and grabs her ass. Yeah. He's like, I punched him dead and he's uh, who are you calling a bitch? You and I. So I was like, that, you know, I had like that Pete Rock type of horn shit. Yeah. So that joint was crazy. So I was like, and then the and then the what's name song after that was um, just another day. Oh yeah, I was just so gonna say, just another love, day is amazing. That joint is crazy. Yeah. And I used to love that song. And there's uh, what's the name redid it? Um, Fat Joe, and French Montana, where French like does the hook. Just another oh, really? day, swimming in the hood. Just another day, right? He's he's funny. He's like you know he sounds like, he sounds like Snagglepuss. That's what I realized. He sounds dead like him. Oh, you got you muted yourself. Um, I know. I, I just had a fart, so I oh, wondered on the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's good etiquette. Um, <laughs> but yo, the Black Rain record. There's a song on there with Heavy D. Yeah. ARS and yo, I never. I don't know how in the fuck I never heard this album. Yeah, until it's... a month or two ago. This one goes out to all the rough and rugged motherfuckers out there. Yes, baby. Strictly on a lot of T Hey, they don't know nothing about this here. Yo, this is Queen Latif in the house. I got my man Heavy Z, my boy Trex, and my boy 
really good, and it's sort of, it's in a lot of ways, it's very outside of what you expect from Queen Latifah. Right. So it's funny that you bring up Heavy D, because an album I've been listening to lately is Blue Funk. Yo, I was playing which that, is, like, when I was Same time period and same sort of thing. It's, like, very outside of the Heavy D oeuvre. Yes. But it's, like, it's so banging. It's so dope. Dude, this the the I I thought the Latifah album came out later than it. It came out in '93. So did Blue Funk. Oh, it did. Yeah, because yeah. he was he. You know, but I feel like Heavy was because I knew of him from like you know I was like real young when he popped. Like now that we found love and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, wait, is nothing but love? Is that on Blue Funk? No, yeah, that's after Blue Funk. Okay, I'm thinking. Is that what, what's that one called? Like Waterbed Heavy or something? That was um the album's called Nothing But Love, I think. Nothing but love. yeah, that joint. Yeah. See, I was I think I was playing that one. I wasn't playing Blue Funk because Blue Funk is like it's like it's very like a New Jack Swing, right? No, Blue Funk is like hardcore. Is it? Blue Funk is like it's it's sort of like I think it's more Pete Rock style beats. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Peaceful Journey. Peaceful Journey is what you're yes. thinking about. Yeah. Peaceful yeah, Journey is like that, New that Jack Swing, like house music. Yeah. Has like Don't Curse. Now that we found love. Um, yeah. Sister, sister, that joint's crazy. Okay. Yeah, no, Blue Funk, you know, I I don't know this one very well. Who's the man? Blue Funk. Blue Funk is yeah. crazy. Hear me out, I got something in my trunk. That's all I really need in a bag of blue funk. Although I may be high profile, I keep a low profile. Stay calmly, but my arm is kind of wild. Mostly on the down low. Now and then I hear the disco. Sports soup, drink milk, never Cisco. I read the funnies, watch Bugs Bunny cartoons. And at the crib, I dig Bob Marley cartoons. I take a spin in my Lexus coupe. Sports sexy suits. If I'm sick, I sip chicken soup. I rip stages like a maniac. Lyrics like a brainiac. And shows get torn no matter where we at. A little bit more than better. I warm it up like a sweater. A money generator. Fly honey dip getter. Like I said before, something my trunk. That's all I really song. Blue Funk. Yeah, I mean, those two songs sort of like lay down the vibe for the whole record. And then, the, and then I remember the last joint, a bunch of M-bombs with Gangsta, yeah. Third Eye, Biggie, Busta yep. Rob. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good record. Dude, that joint is stupid. Yeah, nothing but, I was, I was pumping uh, Nothing But Love. I was playing this one a lot. Yeah. Because this one's I, crazy. Nothing but I remember love. being slightly disappointed in Nothing But Love because I was hoping it to be more like this. It's more, like, I, it's like more R&B. I yeah. Like. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like it kind of feels like it was building on what Ill and Al Scratch were doing oh. with like a heavy D style. Yes. Like sort of like feel good, like, you know, like club music. You know, you know what's amazing about Latifah too, because I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure she had like Heather's on the song with Tretch and KRS called Rough. Yep. That joint's crazy. Yep. Um, and then Tretch is on another joint, Coochie Bang. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, and you can hear her, um, like she changed, there's certain songs, she changes flows like every two to four bars. Yeah. And I'm like, I think Latifah is obviously like talented as shit. I don't know if she has enough of that, like totally solo to pull that off versus like having all the flavor unit dudes and maybe have like mm-hmm. in the studio or something. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, I don't know enough about her, like definitively to say she was like super collaborative, like whoever else would be. But like, cause, you know, yeah. she, went, she went from. I- like native tongue, you know, Afrocentric stuff. Like by the time you get to Queen, when you get by the time you get to Black Rain, it's like it's more street, but it's still like funky as hell. Yeah, I mean, she was more like in the Moni Love type of vibe 
I mean, you know, Moni Love was probably more in the Queen Latifah type of vibe, right. really. But um, yeah, she was like sort of like just that like late 80s hip hop where it was like almost in the way Brand Nubian was, right? Like you yeah. have like a couple slow, serious songs. You have something that's a little more like upbeat and fun. Mm-hmm. You got like the, the house tracks. Yeah, the message song, the social message yeah. song. Right? So like her, I'd say her first two records were kind of in that vibe. Okay. Um, you know, maybe like a little bit like Boogie Down Productions where it's yes. like, you know, sort of like hitting on a lot of different styles. Whereas Black Rain to me was really like, like 90s, like hardcore early, yeah. like, you know, like, I mean, that was like when all like the real like harder shit was coming out, like straight up, this, you know, this Illmatic dropped, this was dropped, in, the, uh, in the mix. I don't know if Illmatic was out yet, but it was, nah, like, this, it was this definitely dropped, like this dropped November, November 93. Okay. And when did Illmatic drop? 94. 94 okay but Illmatic like was leaked for like a year right. before so okay. but like you know you still had like um daily operation was big um huh. main source was out by then yeah you know like new york hip-hop was getting a little edgier and like a little harder mm. i think was it live and let die was that the cool g-rap album that yes. was out by then oh yes. yeah and um like Black Moon was out by then, Enter the Stage. Yes. So it was like kind of like that whole. It has it has like the um like the SP twelve hundred sound to it, where yeah. it's like very warm and filtered, but because of Latifah, it's like very big and polished and banging, which yeah. I really like about it. And it made me like when I was playing it, and she's flipping like the reggae styles. She's mm-hmm. going like super fast, and then she's like bending it, and I was like, yo, her flows were off the chain on this record. She even like it's from my recollection, it's like really like kind of one of the first times she got down with like kind of singing a little bit too. Yeah, so just another day. She's yeah. singing on that joint. And then there's there's like towards the end of the record, the album kind of loses steam like the last two or three the last two or three songs they really don't really fit, but she's she's starting to flex that a little bit more towards the end yeah. of the record where she's singing more. But then I feel like she didn't really well then she kind of blew up as an actress. Because you know what I'm I'm like looking at her discography. The next one after that, I remember this, this was a bad record that um, it was called Order in the Court. Yeah, that wasn't good. She had like, it was like a futuristic, like queen, like space video. It was like, but like futuristic, like 1998 futuristic would means it looks like if the Matrix was made for $7, like that type of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like the bootleg version of the um, Buster Rhymes and Janet Jackson video. Yeah, it's like she, oh, she's got like Cisco on this. Dude, the first song on that album, she's got Apache on there, which is called. Wow. It, it, it was like a mixtape song. It was called Bananas. Who are you gonna call? Um, it's it's a weird record. It was also, yeah. but it was also the era of like when Ice Cube that year did like War and Peace. Remember okay, that? yeah, just terrible. All record. like yeah, these. It was like not the era for them to make records. They, they just were, didn't know what the hell to do, right? Yeah, it was just like. Yeah. It was like like Ice Cube, his best records is when America is in turmoil. Yeah. And then when you hit the Clinton years of like there's tons of money and everyone's chilling, Ice Cube can't he can't rally against anything. Yeah. No, but they they're also like, like actors now. They're like they're right. worried about they're all in movies. Yeah. You know, they're all like, you know, Buster Rhymes in like Halloween H two O. And Finding Forrester. Yeah. Wait, he was in Finding Forrester too. <laughs> yeah, he was the brother. And higher learning too, right? And higher learning, yep. Yeah. Oh, he was amazing in higher learning. He was Man. he was so dope. Yeah, so Queen Latifah, uh, Reign of Terror, I guess the call out culture. Thumbs up. Revisit that record. If you know more about it and if we're totally fucking wrong about it, please correct us on the Twitter call out cult pod. There you go. Do it. All right, what are you, what well, are you rocking with, dude? All right, so th- this is going to be like a slash because it's like two 
pieces of music that are kind of in, in a fit the same mold in my head. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to like a lot of like instrumental music, but not like hip hop instrumental music. Ah. So like I, I tend to do this when like the air starts to get a little cooler. Like I have like seasonal music, like, you know, just things that like sort of signify the season to me. And then the first one is an album called Sunset Mission by a group called Boren and Deer Club of Gore. What in the Frenchman's fuck is that? So, it's this weird, like, kind of jazz group. Oh, you're good with makes, the jazz. You're good with the weird jazz. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, like, German or some shit. I don't know what the fuck they are. But they sort of make mu- jazz music that sounds like you're in, like, a noir detective movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my style. Right. So it's like, it feels like you could be in, like, the Black Dahlia murder or some shit oh. like that. Um, so I like to listen to this at night, like, especially when, like, the leaves are starting to change and like the street light hits the fucking leaves in different ways when I'm walking the dog. Nice. Pretend like I'm, I'm like <laughs> kind of like trailing someone or being trailed and try to find, okay. but it's like real fucking moody. Like when you put this on, when you throw some music on the podcast and mix, throw on a uh, prowler, I'll send you a link to the okay. song. That's but hard. in the album, in the liner notes, they describe it as <laughs> this is basically the description of what they consider this record to be. Okay. Alone in the comforting darkness, the creature awaits. As confusion reigns on this hellish stage, the deafening grind of machinery, the odious clot of chemical waste, still the trail of its ultimate prey leads through the steely maze of these, uh, of these, the addled offspring of the modern world. Is this, is this music we're talking about, or is this like? This is just what they put in their liner notes. It's like the music. Sure, go on. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, so that's basically how they describe it. I, I describe it like, you know, any detective movie you've ever watched, where it's like one sort of like loser detective being run through like a massive conspiracy <laughs> that's unraveling around. It's like Chinatown. It also is like what what have you went when you were saying it when you have like your own fantasies when you're like yeah. walking your dog. You ever watch? Um, it's it's kind of a good show and kind of kind of not, but. It's enjoyable. It was a bored to death. You ever watched that on HBO? Oh, I love bored to death. Yeah, like loved I loved it. it so much, and there was other parts of it where I was like, I, I felt like, I was like, am I the only person that would like this? Yeah, no, I love that show. There wasn't anyone I knew, and like I wasn't tweeting about it, or maybe tw- it was like pre-Twitter or something. It was pre-Twitter, I think. Yeah, but because yeah. I was like big on Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, from, he was uh, great, Canadian and it was like the Ted Danson start of the Ted Danson yes. Renaissance. Yes, and he was like a weed smoking like magazine millionaire or something. Yeah, yeah. Aborted yeah. death is that shit. I might have to rerun that back, man. That, that was, shit was really good. Yeah, everything you were explaining to me sounded like seeds from aborted death. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. Except it's just me walking my dog, thinking it's that something's happening. So, and the other one is like I don't really have anything built around. I just really like the, the moodiness of the whole record. Okay. Um, and it's the uh, the score for if Beale Street could talk. Oh, okay. Um, which was a dope movie. It was like it was really sort of like under the radar and really a real fresh movie. But it's by this dude, uh, Nicholas Bretel. Like he's done a bunch mm. of like uh, movie score shit. But it's like it's real pretty, like sort of like emotional classical music, but not like overly Ooh. raw. It's really sort of like low key and like just mood. It's all mood. That's fucking cool. So, like, these, these two records are, are shit I would highly recommend. 
for people who are looking for like some moody non-rap instrumental music just like some shit to throw on and like like disappear to you know what i mean it's like real dope shit like that that's fucking cool man this uh i'm trying to think of oh this joint i found i don't know how i think i found it on apple music because i was fucking with um you fuck with krung bing right yeah 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 however you want to cruise bing krung bing they're funny now because i hear their shit on like bud bud like commercials and whatever in the background yeah they're everywhere yeah they're huge which is great because i think you said we're like it's basically like a break like a hip-hop break record yeah so they had this ep texas song with leon bridges and i yes. love that shit is fire right so um I love Leon Bridges. I love Krungbing. But then I think it was like recommended to me because I was fucking with them. It was okay. this group, um, Black Pumas. Yo, you had, I think Yo. you had mentioned that. Black Pumas. This shit is the hottest shit. It's like, um, it's the same thing. It's like Texas rock. Okay. But, but it's like, here's how to describe it. Ready? On, on Apple Music. It says, you can't call Black Pumas a retro act per se. The sound is too atmospheric, too intoxicatingly imprecise. Something more remembered than recreated. The work of an Austin-based studio rat and vocalist trained church and forged busking on the Santa Monica Pier. Black Pumas is to late 60s and early 70s soul as Quentin Tarantino movies are to vintage exploitation. A study wow. look at the past from a place that can only be now. You ready? This, this, is, the kid, this, this is the selling point right here. Okay. All right. Um... The studio cat uh, was a main guitarist. He said, The spark for the project came not from listening to old soul records, but Ghostface Killer. Nice. There you go. album oh, this shit it's uh, it's ato records they're, they're kind of like major label-ish i'd imagine yeah um so they put this shit out this shit is like built to be remember how like there was like a three or four year stretch of like every black keys song was in like commercials for movies and like regular yep. commercials and shit and this record can do that like the same way crumb bing now is like popping the fuck off like they'll have like they'll be like the theme for podcast shows and everything else Black yeah. Pumas can do this shit. Like, this is, it's like, it reminds me, I can see why, like, the Leon Bridges connection is there because they're both from Texas. But yeah. Leon Bridges does, like, the retro soul, and then he flipped it and did, like, more, uh, like, funk and dance based stuff because he didn't want to be pigeonholed. Okay. These cats are like, if Leon Bridges was on some black key shit of, like, yo, super dirty, super sludgy, um, 60s, 70s shit, but super catchy, but it's way more soulful. It's like nice because the main singer, dude. Yeah, he came up from he came. He was like a he, he grew up in like gospel and singing church shit, which is always like the best fucking musicians. That's awesome. Yeah, the Black Pumas record, stupid. I, I, it's rare where I just will be like, oh, they recommend this to me. Uh, let me check it out. Who knows? This shit is hard. And I, I remember tweeting this shit. And I was like, yo, and people were like, oh, that Black Pumas album is crazy. Or people were like, who are they? I was like, yo, yeah. this shit is. This shit is stupid love. I, I, I love his Black Plumage show. Like, this is the one like, I want to like buy on wax. The Black really? Plumage record. Yeah, like I don't even have time to listen to, to my vinyl as is. 
You know what I mean? And there's just so much fucking vinyl because all our friends press vinyl. But I'm like, yo, this shit. <laughs> Dude, That's Elton dope. John put them on their playlist. I'm looking at some of these cats that added them. Like, whoever wow. their management or publicist is, is killing shit. That's awesome. Yeah, because they're, they're on, like, Apple Alternative, Apple Electric Rock, um, like, Jazz Cafe, Acoustic Shit, Country Shit. They're, like, they're like locked in with Apple. That's fucking, fucking dope. Yo, these dudes. And they were on um, the one podcast I really – I still fuck with. You ever fuck with Song Exploder? No, a lot of people told me to, but once too many people tell me to check out something, I – automatically not checking it out but you should because it's 15 minutes it's a 15 minute i know it's it's still it's just like it's the like the asshole and he was like nah like nah. it's it's the kid that was told to do too much as when he was young like put away his fucking stickers like, yeah nah so i'm just like nope not doing nope. it well song exploder for the rest of the people out there is a dope pod where the, i mean they, they just break down you know people every part of a song that they wrote from the demos to inspiration to the layers of it so they had black pumas on and they talk about one of the songs on the record and when you hear like the demo takes and all this <laughs> it makes you appreciate that shit so much more like they've had tons of people in there like rjd2 and uh and like yo yo ma and, like they had like john carpenter okay on that shit yo it's crazy i, I highly nice. recommend that shit not, not for you but for other people yeah i mean you know i probably should check it but it's like anything else like at this point with podcasts i'm like I've had to delete so many. I know. Yeah. People so could, wait, can, can I recommend one more record that like just something that popped yeah. into my head when you were talking about the, the like um, Karugabin or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, I think it's Krungbin. Who knows? Yeah. Just sort of like, because it, it comes out of like this weird, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this band, but it's a band called Lamb Chop. Oh. And it's like, they've been around for fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah. But they had this record called Mr. M that came out in 2012. <laughs> and it was back when I was like writing for Syphil. And it was one of my favorite records that ever came through through Syphil. But it's basically like, I guess like all country. I don't know. It was like these oh, dudes from I Nashville. Country. But I it's not it. like, it's not all country where it's like just trying to like ape old country shit. Okay. It like mixes in all these other sounds. Like it'll have like weird like lounge music and like oh. soul elements in it. So it's like, it's really just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like a beautiful record of like textures and sounds that like, I highly recommend it. Like if you have like a weird, like dark romantic bone in your body, <laughs> you'll love this shit. Like, you know, if you have like sort of like a fatalist view of it. Oh. Like, you know who you it's know, like, like similar to on Apple? Similar, Leonard Cohen, Lee Hazelwood, and Tinder Sticks. Dog, you ever fuck with Tinder Sticks? I've never heard of Tinder Sticks. You. Tinder Sticks but, is like these like Swedish cats. Okay. Their shit is very like melodic and um, kind of like heartbreaking. Um, yeah. But like beautifully recorded and arranged. Tinder Sticks. All right, Tinder Sticks right are now. fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like music where it's like you know you're gonna end up heartbroken at the end. Like it's those situations where you know you're gonna end up heartbroken, but you just have to go ahead and do it anyway. Like that's like it's the soundtrack for that. Like that type of shit. Well, the first song reminds me. First song's called "If Not, I'll Just Die." (laughs) On Mr. M. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the one song that really like kills it to me is um, how's it called? Gone Tomorrow. All right, I'm gonna put it in the background. 
Yeah. Yes, they should have gone to Mars. Amazing. This was their last night on the continent. The production was shutting down. Drinks and goodbyes were at all around. The wine tasted like sunshine in the basement. Starts itself. Looks like water comes from somewhere else. If I could use a thing or two today. This reminds me of uh, Ryan M. Before he was canceled. Yeah. This particular music. Wow, this is fire. Yeah, yeah. It says, you know, it says on the the write up, it says, based in Nashville, knowledgeable about country music, Lamb Chop wanders through musical genres with affection, but no allegiance. Yeah, I would say that's pretty, pretty on point. It even says, there's like like orchestration, there's a Sinatra moment on the opening song. I love Sinatra, so that's good for me. Yeah. He's got this real, like, deep, like, haunted voice. That's real cool. He doesn't ever try to do too much with it. He doesn't try to, like, blow you away with like his, his pipes. He's just like, I'm here for the song. I'm here to get these thoughts out. Well, and you're going to like it. And it's real poetic and real, like just sort of like brilliant, I guess is the word I'm looking for. It's not the word I'm looking for, but it'll do. Um, it, it's similar to a, a group called Destroyer. Have you heard them? Yes. Yeah. It's like that vibe, like Poison, uh, Poison Season, that album cranks. Yeah, I haven't listened to Destroyer in so long. What's the one I fuck with? I'm, I'm looking up their catalog while, while we're looking at this shit. Destroy it. It's Kaput. Kaput? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I heard that one. That's 2011. Yeah, I used to fuck with yeah. that joint. Yeah, Kaput is hard. Pulling it up right now. Yeah, they got, they got mad shit. Destroyer. God damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 96, their first album? Wow. So wait for Tinder Sticks. What's the one you would recommend? All right, let me let me pull up Tinder Sticks real quick because there's and and I've I've sampled it. I actually sampled them on uh on uh on on my on my EP slash CD uh, hard boiled. There's a Tinder okay. Sticks. There's a Tinder Sticks sample on there. Um, it is what record would that I fuck with from Tinder Sticks? Oh, uh, I think it's the Hungry Saw. The hungry saw. Yeah, it's either that or that? falling down a mountain. It's one of them. Okay. Because my, my friend, this was like when CDRs were still popping. Nice. You know what I mean, like people burning and shit. You know. What yeah. I, mean? I never saw the artwork. Okay, yeah. I just grabbed them. I, I the dumped hung, them. The in. hungry saw. <sighs> yeah, this hungry saw shit. Yeah. You know what? It, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like. It has like a Portis head vibe to it, without like, the heroin and and like. <laughs> It's like if Portishead wasn't, if Beth Gibbons boring, is that what you're gonna say? Nah, chill. Nah, <laughs> if they weren't like, like dour British heron out, like just the music. If you just take away like the grit and dirtiness, yeah, Tender Sticks gives you that like very moody but like orchestral like roads, um, but like hip hop adjacent. Okay, the Tender Sticks is like. When you hear this shit, you'll be like, uh, okay, like someone can touch this pretty easily. Yeah. There's okay. certain songs you're like, this I would just like play this and like if my wife and I were just like having a picnic. So 
somewhere. Word. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Hungry Saw, this joint is stupid. This record. I, I got it. It's because I have it on a CDR somewhere in a book of CDs, and I probably threw it out. Nice. All right, I just dumped that into my, my playlist as well. Why don't we take a, a quick break? Yeah, let's take a break. Come on. Come back. When the alien mimics invade, Small Pearl is just one of many recruits shoved into a suit of battle armor called a jacket and sent out to kill. Small Pearl died in the battlefield, only to be reborn each morning to fight and die again and again. On his 158th iteration, he gets a message from a mysterious ally, the neighborhood rebel known as Curly Castro. Is he the key to Small Pearl's escape? or his final death. Blue Edwards, y'all. Small pro, curly cash, bro. You know what it is. Wrecking One. Ayo Q! Ayo Q! Wrecking Crew. Raheem Clement, the new project from me, myself, Zilla Rock, and Curly Castro, Prem Rock, Small Professor, available exclusively on Bandcamp via WreckingCrew.Bandcamp.com. We got all your favorite Wrecking Crew affiliates, homies on there, people you already know, I don't need to list them off. Go grab that joint right now, and then you could also grab the official first ever piece of Wrecking Crew merch designed by Quandry himself. You can get the five panel hat or you can get the black snapback. Joints are shipping now. Alright? Raheem Lament, all types of wild shit on there. We got Arm and Hammer on there. We got Willie Green on there. We got Jason Griff on there. We got Quandry Masai Music. We got New Career Crooks for me and Small Pro. Blue Edwards, the new group. Curly Castro and Small Pro. We got exclusive Prem Rock joints on there. Yo, it's crazy. Check it out right now. Raheem's Lament. Peace. One boom, culture. Alaska's drinking uh, what the fuck? Saratoga water. Saratoga oh, water? Yeah, it's just seltzer water. I mean, it's, oh. it's it's honestly not even Saratoga water at this point. What is it's, Saratoga? Uh, what does that mean? It's just, it's just a brand. Oh, okay. It's like Sar- <laughs> Saratoga. I thought but, it was um, like it was like some Belgian ale or something. No, it's just I've been I have like a soda stream. Yeah, I my, mine's like collecting I, dust, man. I haven't used that shit in a minute. I just fill it up and dump it into this bottle because I like drinking out of glass bottles more than drinking out of plastic bottles. <laughs> you are a fucking bougie, bro. I know it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, I, I was gifted a soda stream, but I didn't realize like you had to you had to keep buying like the CO two tanks oh, for like, yeah. seventy five fucking dollars. I was like, I'm not doing this. So then, Except, where are you buying your CO two tanks? They're like fucking Target. They're You're like ripped off, man. How much are they? Like forty? They're um. They're like thirty bucks, but every time you return the, the tank, it knocks fifteen dollars off of that. Uh, so oh, it ends up being like fifteen dollars a pop. But um, I was talking to our friends that stayed here while we were out, the ones who had their ceiling collapse, um, and she said that her husband bought her bought her like the giant CO two thing that they have at bars. Yeah. And they would just put it under the counter and run a hose in, so they oh, that's had fire. Like unlimited CO two. That's fire forever. Yeah. Dude, because we 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 we've run through cans of fucking seltzer, and I oh, have yeah. a soda stream just sitting there and doing nothing for like the last year. Because I was like, I don't like spending goddamn seventy dollars. Yeah, I'm like an asshole, but like, oh, but I'll spend you know six dollars for a twelve pack fifty times. Yeah, like well, yeah, I, 
Um, I, I was the same way. I didn't buy this for myself. I used to go to like BJ's and buy like three cases of the two liter or the one liter bottles. You go vintage? You no, go it's vintage like their seltzer. brand. It was just their brand. Oh. Um, but it was, you know, it was fun. It was good. <laughs> but um, I would just rip through them. You know, it was like, oh, it's the best. Drink like two bottles a day. Easy. Dude, uh, th- this, uh, th- have you had the, the disgusting uh, Trader Joe's one? It's called like Spindrift. It is. Uh, I mean, I've had Spindrift. Yeah, it's undrinkable. You have that shit. I've had I've had like a couple oh. of them. I had like the um, oh, it's horrible lemon lime. I uh, not the le- the lemon the straight lemon one is pretty good. Oh, it's disgusting. But I, I mean, I just like plain seltzer. Honestly, I, when we were at um, the folks are called nineties now. One time, like it was yeah. the end of the night, and I didn't want to have another beer, so I was like, "Do you got any water or seltzer?" Because they don't even have like a soda thing at the bar. Yeah, they, the gun, they don't right? make drinks, right? So they don't have the gun. So they're like, "We got Spindrift." I was like, all right, I'll have one. What flavor you got? Cucumber. <laughs> Cucumber. Like, and it was warm. Oh, was like, yo, this is the worst thing ever. Shout out to Beer Wax. You shouldn't go there for the uh, spin drift. You should go there for the beer. Yeah, don't go there. But, don't go. Don't go anywhere for spin drift. No, don't go anywhere for spin drift. Fuck but that uh, shit. yeah, right, I sorry, mean, so if you find go. yourself in in that section of Brooklyn, go support the homie Chris and uh. Yeah, man. He fucks with us. He fucks with co-op culture. Yeah. Um, so check this out. So I've been so I was saying I was fucking with Apple Music heavy, and, I, and I've been fucking mm-hmm. with at work because I'm working remote, and I'm just staring at my laptop all day. I don't have my my laptop glasses. That makes it like I'm a fucking TA at Oberlin. Um, I don't have those <laughs> on me right now. Um, what was it called? So when I'm I'm you know how many podcasts can you listen to? How much fucking music mm-hmm. can you play? You know for six months every day. So I, I've been fucking with the radio on a okay, and they have like you know I, I fuck with Action Bronze's radio show, so we'll play like all Turkish records. The next episode, all Japanese records. Okay. Like, so he he plays a lot of cool shit, but like it's all one-off joints. Um, yeah. But I found this other show where um so this girl named Ray Black, she's like this British chick. Okay. And she just plays like mainstream rap, and then like all British rap. Nice. So I've been. I was like, you know what? Like, shouts to uh, shouts to my homie Starkey. He was Starkey's like one of the biggest like electronic cats uh, from Philly, and he was big on grime, like Dizzy Rascal and Wiley yeah. and all those dudes. He was like, they were like the first cats in the U.S. like in Philly to bring them over and start fucking with them in like the early two thousands. So I was around that shit like when when grime was like f- super niche, and okay. Starkey, Starkey would be playing all shit, buying all twelve inches, like getting at these dudes. And then as time progressed, I was like, all right, I'm not really like loving it, whatever. Cause all those dudes were trying to make like little John records or like TI yeah. records because they love like Southern rap. So I was like, nah. So then I didn't really give a fuck about British rap for a long time. You know, like Sonny Jim pop back up and then, you know, like British rappers in general. Like it's always fascinating. It's, it's like a game of telephone, like hearing like how they're processing our shit and then putting their spin on it. Yeah, pretty much. Which is really fucking cool. So this girl, uh, Ray Black, is called Agenda Radio. So she's been... So I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like, fuck with this. Because what I realized during COVID was uh, I can't listen to any more of like the grimy, underground, East Coast, drumless rap with no hooks and dudes making five-song albums mm-hmm. and doing the vinyl and all that. And I was just like... It's like going to a buffet every day. You know what I mean? When it first like popped off, like the last three, four years, you're like, oh shit. Like I remember like when people made songs like this all the time. And now it's like, here's 77 people doing this 40 fucking times a day, making this type of shit. 
So I was like, I can't deal with this type of music as much anymore. I need to hear like melodies. Yeah. And like bass. I need and like, something new in my life. I need yeah, like something. So I've been getting heavy back into like UK rap and like grime shit all through this girl, uh, Ray Black. So I've been nice. fucking with all these dudes. One dude like AJ Tracy, I fuck with him. He's like he's like mainstream like British dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude Meeks, he's like a he's like he's like a like a stone cold killer, but he's like a British dude. Like he raps like I really don't give a fuck about anything. Okay. But he's nice. His name's Meeks. Yeah. With a Z. Meeks. Yeah, okay. He's dope. Um, fuck with this dude. Uh, Mist. He's another dude like that. And I fuck with this dude Getz. Okay. Getz, Getz is like. He's a little, he's a little corny, like in terms of he does like a lot of like Eminem type shit. Yeah. But, but, but the beats and then like the fucking twang and like the Jamaican shit these dudes bring into it. So I don't know. I, I might just pick like uh, uh, this one joined by Getz. My, you know, my son's in the age now. Like he's like fucking with melodies and like singing. Nice. So this That's is like the fun. first. So yeah. So the, the dude Getz has a song called "Know My Ting." So I play this shit all the time with my son in the car, and he'll be like. Daddy, play that song. I'm like, which yeah. one? I'll be like, ah. I was like, alright. Ready to go home and ting like fam. You know my ting, fam. You know my ting. Shut up. Rude boy, got your baby in my new toy. I made that be national. I took that west before you, Lloyd. My turn, I was in this queue before you joined. I night shift. She don't deserve no penthouse viewpoint. Dunk Hagen, Dunk Dada, Dunk all of them man's bada. Mr. Lover, Lover, like Shabba, Dunk all of them jeans in a manner. Skeletons in my wardrobe, just back worth a swagger. What the fuck's that on your torso? You yeah. ain't worth the hammer. It's, it's so easy for anyone to pick, like, yo, here's a grimy fake alchemist beat, you know, rap 32 bars about yeah, totally. anything, right? The British dudes, the British dudes are doing that shit where they're like taking the trap shit from us, but then putting like their touch, their melody, their twang on it, and then like the whole Jamaican obsession that they have. And yep. then they're doing like, and then like, and then like the last couple Drake albums, he's putting these motherfuckers on his records, and like biting off them now, which is pretty yeah. Cool. So it's, it's like Drake does. It's exactly he has to he has to put out you know he keeps probably fucking eighty people employed a year, so you know and let them all get summer homes and shit. So yeah, the the British shit like, if you if you have Apple Music, fuck with that show, um, the Ray Black show, Agenda Radio, and then like show up like a theme where she'll be like. You know, be corny. I'll be like, uh, "What's the best J Cole song?" And like the whole episode, she'll be calling her friends. But while they're like, "Oh, I don't know what the best," she's like, "All right, well, meantime, I got the new song from Getz. I got the new song from Meeks." All this. Okay. Shit. So then I'm, I'll be fucking with those songs and fast forward and through like, "Oh, is Kendrick really the best ever?" I don't know. Let's keep listening. <laughs> like that type of shit. But uh, it's fun to hear like 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 dance rhythms and like. You know, like this has been the worst year of all time. So hearing like bouncy, bright shit with like it's a helpful, lot of right? energy, I'm like, this is I I need this. I can't do like the 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 drumless fucking loop samples and no, dude screaming at me or like rhyming about nothing. I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, it's like you end up just like 
growing out of something that you once loved. Like you, there's like saturation points that you hit with something, right? Like you're just like, all right, I've heard that enough in my life. I never need to hear it again. Yeah. You know, it's not even that you don't like it. It's just like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, like the genius of Marsberg was when he made that record, there was nothing fucking like that. Yeah. Nothing. And then the last 10 years, here's 700 things like that. Yeah, know? exactly. And there's 200 more coming this year for you. Yeah, and, and the more popular it gets, the more you're going to have versions of that until, right. until it gets completely played and then somebody comes up with something completely new, right. which was something completely old, but just adds a new twist to it. Yeah, you just remix some shit from 20 years ago. You just put like a yeah. little variation on it. Exactly. So there you go. So there you go. So that's my thing. I, all my UK rap shit, AJ Tracy, Lowski, Gecko, Millions, Yo, shout to the crew massive. You know, you know what I mean, I love this shit. Pulled your Chet Hayes right there. So <laughs> I'm gonna build. I'm gonna build on your UK hip hop, Steez. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna necessarily talk about UK rappers right now. Um, well, I'll talk about one in particular. My homie Buddha French. Dana Dane. Dana Dane and Buddha French. So, but um, this dude Buddha French. Um, I think I may have talked about him before. He's real dope. He's on um. He's actually on a track that recently came out on Pig Food Records that him and I did together called Windows, uh, Windows nice. 88. It's a but, great um, title. He, him, and, him and his boy, Samuel Hemingway, a.k.a. Fatty, um, <laughs> put out a book called The Big Rap Cookbook. Oh, shit. A couple of years ago. Um, and they, they came to New York to like sort of like interview a bunch of people to get them in the book. Like they did Doppelgangers, Master Ooh. Ace. Um, and I, I had been friends with Buddha for a while online, but I never actually met him. And then they came out and we hung out and kicked it at this place called the Gowanus Yacht Club out in Brooklyn. And, um, they're just real dope dudes. So anyway, they put out this, this podcast and it's just, they talk, it started with like videos and I'm sorry, they put out the book. It started with like videos mm-hmm. and then they decided to like put everything together, but they basically sit with rappers and they talk about cooking and the rappers will, like come up with like their own, like, you know, share a family recipe or something. But they actually just launched their own podcast Ooh. called the uh, the Big Rap Book uh, Big Rap Cookbook Podcast, and they have two episodes out. The first episode is with Stickman from Dead Prez, um, and he talks about I guess from what they're saying in the description is Stick tells this story about how he uh, how contracting gout at a young age. Let's see if I can get some more information Oof, on that. Gout. There we go. King's disease. Yeah. So. Um, and then the, the the second episode is doppelgangers. Wow. So yeah. So all right. Here's the full description. Um, Stick tells a story about contracting gout at a young age, forcing him to drastically change his diet. Spoke Ooh. about the influence of his wife and nutritionist. Uh, and uh, at what his wife and nutritionist had on his life, and then you know basically talks about food. Um, doppelgangers episode and i don't know if everybody that's listening is familiar with the doppelgangers are you oh, familiar yeah, with the doppelgangers we yeah they're fucking them. dope as shit yeah we opened for them and, right uh, you did Esquire. yeah yeah great. so they they have some of my favorite rap lines ever like anytime i listen to them i start rapping like them like i just like yeah. immediately start like writing like them subconsciously awesome. um but you know hey, so um, yeah I, i'd say check out the the big rap cookbook uh podcast the homies and 
Oh, that 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 loop. Yeah, like the the record, which is also um, the record that they took um, Shea Shea the Ghost from too. Yes, yes. And so it has that. It has like the knockoff, like Hangover from Shea Shea the Ghost. Yeah. So there's elements even back then where I was like, okay, like you're trying to go back to the well with this shit, and then like walking through the darkness is cool, but like they flipped that shit on Ghost Dog soundtrack with Takitha, so he kind of like took that record and kind of recycled mm-hmm. it. So I was like, all right, like you're kind of recycling some shit and you're trying to go R and beat out. And and it kind of pissed me off. But you know, he's so amazing. So when I went back and got the original version and arranged it as it was supposed to be originally made, yeah. when you hear it like with that intention, and you could just like shimmer and like the the greatness and all of it kind of makes sense then. So like even thinking about the sun, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that and that wasn't retail. But like just making that song being like yo i just went platinum i had the biggest pinnacle of all time check it out my new album is going to have slick rick me ray and rizzo talking about the actual sun like that's the song <laughs> the sun you know when he says what's the what's the, what's he said the line goes to his head he's like it's japan's turn now the earth had spun around one of my favorite lines of all time <laughs> and that's the ray has a line about like um I adore you. Plus, I'll even go to the store for you. Yeah. <laughs> like he says, the sun. I'll go to the store for you. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like, and then even like Reza, who can make a wing drop and turn it to green a <laughs> hundred thousand miles away from? Like that shit is so fucking crazy. It's, it's so crazy. good. It's so fucking great. And I'm like, even thinking about that, I'm like, no one in the world was making like. A song with no drums. Nope. With Slick Rick, Ray, and Rizza and go talking about the actual sun in the sky. The sun. Just, yeah. Oh, my, my, my. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> like, we all accept it because, you know, but I'm like, just just think, think about it for a second, like, the making of this shit. And they were like, and yeah. think about the error. Oh, my God. Because he has the one song on there. Um, what is it? Ice. Yeah. Uh, where he's, he's talking about his necklace. Because he had the watch, then he has ice. But that I think that sample popped up on a it popped up on Cam's album on Come Home with Me. And so like I always associate it more with the Cam on the Cam album than I did with Ghost, because Cam's is like the title track. But um, yeah. it's like the beginning of like the Jiggy Thug era. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And he's like right in there, but he's still making the sun, <laughs> the forest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so. It's it's such a weird fucking album. Even when you listen to the original. So when I dug it up, I sat there with it. And I was like, this is actually really fucking cool. He just has like an R&B suite like in the middle of it. You know what I mean? And then you, it ends with the Hilton and Good Times. Yeah. <laughs> like he ends it with the greatest rhyming ever. It's so fucking good. A, Jesus. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, it's Ghost. Like and it was Ghost, ghost when Ghost was still dope. My God. Yeah, so if if you have a chance to go on YouTube and I downloaded every single song off of YouTube, like the original, and I was like, all right, this is it. But like he opened right. the song. Send me a zip of that. All right, I'll hook you up. Yeah. This shit is stupid. I've been going back to this too. Cool. That's my recommendation. There you go. All right. You Should we else? take another break? Yeah, let's take another break. Yeah, cool. Check me, man. Listen, it's subordinate records, man. 
Alex Ludovico, Scorsese Shells, Jason Griff. What you got right now is the East Hampton Polo Boys, son, new shit, man. Produced by the homie Panels, I'm doing the rapping. Summer catalog, dropping in August. The pre-order is available now. First single, you can go listen to that. It's for Turner Kitchen Liger. It's fire, ain't it? I know it is, because you listening right now. The next joint coming out, Midnight Motherfucking Express. You hear me? Jason Griff Scorsese, that's our shit. Alice got some new shit coming. Nation Gang is official Insubordinate Records. Insubordinate.bandcamp.com. Also, insubordinate.com. Yeah, we got the URL, motherfucker. Shout out to Callout Culture. Zilla told me to do it, so if you don't fuck with it, you don't fuck with him. And I know you fuck with him because you listening to this shit. You heard me? Alaska, what's up? Curly Castro, what's good? I still think Juice is trash, but you my nigga, though. Insubordinate.bandcamp.com. Peace. Callout Culture, bang. motherfucker. One. Bang. Bang, we're back. Did a 57-minute intermission to play each other our new shit. Man, yeah. there's some good fucking songs coming out, man. God damn. Yeah, some some good stuff coming your ways. We don't stop. Yeah, I hope you're ready for it. Yeah, be ready, man. And the, the car, I'm sorry, the Cargo Colts record. Cargo Colts records are right around the corner at this point. I think we opened up this episode with another snippet. We did. Because we are not stingy. We share. No, and we're not going to tell you which one it is right now because we want it to be a surprise. It'll be a surprise mostly to Alaska yeah. and, and Castro. Not so much to me. No. Do you know which one you're picking? No, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll text and sort that out after. Okay. After the show is over. Cool. Yeah, man. All right. Any, any, last, any last things you want to hit people with? Uh, um, no, not really. Just um... <laughs> You're the king of that. No, not really. <laughs> I'm uh, just thinking, uh, thinking of something that I, I kind of want to say, and I'm thinking of how to say. You're it. like your restraint is, is fucking worldly. You're always like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm okay. good. Um, I'm okay." I mean, it, it's, it's years of learning about like talking about stuff that like. Sorry, I got something in my mouth. Um, talking about stuff that either never comes out or comes out like True. two years after you start talking about it. True. So, um, but I just want to say like. Rappers, I watch a lot of you motherfuckers on Twitter constantly having public meltdowns <laughs> about shit. Like, just stop, man. Get a friend. Call your friend on the phone. Like, you don't need to be having these public meltdowns on Twitter. I get it. Like, we're normalizing X, Y, and Z. But right. really, it's like, it's not a good look. <laughs> just like, call a friend. Call a friend and vent to them. Text sure. somebody. Start a podcast. Lobby. Yeah, log the fuck off Twitter, man. It's really killing you. Like you, you're being fed an algorithm of the same sadness or anger or whatever it is that you want to see in the world. Mm. Twitter is a complete imaginary space. Correct. I, I was tricked recently. Like I realized I was really? being tricked. I told you Castro about this. Which part? Like there's all these people, like artists that I'm digging, and because I interact with them, mm-hmm. they're all over my timeline. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm yes. like, these dudes are fucking huge. Like, I was going back to being like a high school kid and being like, yo, these dudes are getting bank. And I'm like, yep. they actually all live with their mom. But, <laughs> and then I started like looking at our pre sale numbers versus like their records from like six months ago. And I'm like, you guys have only sold like four more records than the album I dropped two days ago. And not not to like judge them as artists, but it's like, it's more about me being like tricked by the mm. algorithm. And I, I've been in this industry for 20 years. Right. 
I should know that these things are like all illusions. Correct. So it, it got me thinking like how none of this shit on Twitter is the real world. It's no. only what you interact with. Correct. So it's like, if you want to see like shit that gets you angry, like people going to target without masks on, <laughs> I'm going to get mad because everybody in the world must be doing this right. because that's all I see in my timeline. Right. But it's like, that's the world you are creating. That is the world like wow. you want to see and you're reflecting it back to yourself. So yeah. calm the fuck down rappers. I mean, you know, everybody, my, but like my family members, how about that? Jeez. Specifically rappers, stop melting down on Twitter and stop getting so upset about everything on Twitter. Be upset about shit, but like, yeah, like fuck, like don't, don't promote your like career woes and like the oh. little fucking tedium that makes you upset. The shit that oh. made like our old artists interesting is we knew nothing about them. Yes. Be those people again, be the mystery. I, I will say this. It's, we have all had text convos, off air convos, text convos with other rappers that are really well known, conversations yeah. with them on the road, in person, at the bar. We're all evaluating each other all the time. Yep. Everyone. So if the only thing you're pumping is, this is fucked up and like, no one fucking likes my shit. Why does no one like me fucking? Why should I make another album? You fuckers didn't buy the last one, blah, 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 right? You, yeah, you don't deserve me. You don't deserve me. You and your emotions that day, I get it. You know, rappers, everybody's emotional. We're artists. We're fucking sensitive and prickly. But you, you're being watched by yeah. people lower on the food chain than you and people oftentimes much higher. And yeah. then people that are quote-unquote peers and looking at each other like, well, I was going to get that motherfucker on a show with me, but ugh. Or, well, yeah. I was thinking about getting him on my record, but he's telling me no one even fucks with him. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like I said, there was artists that I like, and because I follow them, I see like every story about them, every retweet about them, every like everything that's going on in their lives, and the ones that like are constantly talking about like the shit that they're doing, mm -hmm. like had me fooled. I was like, oh my god, you guys are like fucking killing it. And some of them legit are, and right. others are like just making dope music and trying to get by. But yeah. I don't ever need. I don't ever know that you know they're frustrated about x y or z i just know they're making dope music and they're like right. this fly shit is happening and in my head my like 40 something year old head mm -hmm. i was like those dudes are really doing it <laughs> you know, i've like, been duped wait hold yeah. on sir That's... but but the fact is they are really doing it because they're not like getting stressed out and caught up on all this stupid shit like yeah, it, it was. You know, it's funny when when I was listening to um, Mike Eagle and the Prince Paul podcast, right? And you hear Paul talk about his major label dealings for the bulk of his life, right? Yeah. That is a different level of stress. Yes. When Tommy Boy is like, "Oh, due to a technicality in the contract, even though you gave us more than we asked for, it doesn't fit the contract, so we're not going to pay you seventy thousand dollars right now." Like that's bad versus that's really like, bad. oh man, um, I paid this dude $29 for a CD and it's been six months. He hasn't shifted to me or I'm waiting on a verse for this dude who I paid $200 and he's taken four months to do a verse. Like the Prince Paul stress machine of dealing with all the parts of the label from lawsuits, lawyers, bad contracts, Russell Simmons, Leroy Cohen, Tommy boy, 
for fucking years. Like he was talking about like getting a, a, a cartoon show on Nickelodeon, got a check, yeah. developing everything, and then whoop, a new regime comes in, fires everybody, can't do it. Like he this dude, and he's fifty something, been through this shit forever, mostly with major labels. And I was like, when you hear this, I'm like, bro, he probably lost out on at least a million dollars. Yeah. Like being conservative from fucked up deals, lawsuits, deals are supposed to happen that didn't happen. And I was like, whoa, we are like super fucking minor leagues, dude. Like <laughs> our problems are, are are a fucking pebble, you know, in a well compared to this yeah. shit. Yeah. His his shit was like, yo, De La Soul's dead didn't sell. So why should we put out a third album? <laughs> like You know what I mean? Oh, that and one there did. was no, there was no like sort of like indie pathway back then that people knew about. Yeah, all you all know? his dealings were saying like, so I went up to the label with this idea, and they were like, no, no, or they were like, yeah, that's really cool, Paul. Fuck off. And then a year later, they just take his idea anyway, do it themselves. Jesus, like yeah. he's just dealing with like like con men, grifters, and scumbags. Like that's that that's a whole different thing rather than being like, hey. I'm I'm pressing up X amount of CDs and vinyl for the X amount of people that I know will buy it, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, and just be like, the fact that you might have a hundred people fucking listening to you is dope. Like, wow. celebrate that shit. Don't okay. worry about all the motherfuckers that aren't listening to you. Who cares about them? Fuck yeah, them. Fuck them, dude. You know, like yeah. what's the name said? Like, I don't. Know, I saw a quote from Ice T where he was like, "Anybody making a living off music or art is living a miracle." Yeah. Like it's an actual miracle. Yeah. Whether whatever scale it's on. But if you're really doing it, like you really, really do it, like that is an, another rare miracle to even yeah. happen. Yeah. You can't it's, it. it's the rarity. And as somebody who did make a living off of doing music, it's really not as dope as it seems. <laughs> In a it lot of really ways. Dope it, when you're 19, you're like, that looks really dope. Yeah. I mean, it's dope. But then you start to like realize like, every decision you make about your music affects your livelihood. Mm. And it's like, I have to be on the road mm-hmm. because it's the only way I could pay my bills. I'm not paying my bills being in the studio. Right. So that album keeps getting pushed back. You don't get to be creative. You don't get to fucking, it, it takes a lot of the joy. And this is, this was just my case, mm-hmm. but it took all of the joy out of making music. And it mm-hmm. took me like five or six years to find that again to the point where it's like, I fell in love with it again. And then I had to like, you know, tap into those skill sets again and get used to doing that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, it made me fucking hate music. Of course. It's being not. part of that industry. It's like, it's just the fucking worst. Well, that's why it's always bullshit when they're like, you know, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day yep. in your life. And yeah. I'm like, but the definition of work is, is like the opposite of work is leisure. Right? Yeah. So by virtue, anything you do that is not leisure is work. Yep. Because rap is not leisure. It's work. It, you don't have a you know, you may not have like a punch punch sheet to you know clock in and clock out every day. Yeah. And you might have to wear a fucking like, you know, Best Buy polo shirt. But it is not leisure. So therefore yeah. it is work. And then, you know, being on the road and then thinking about your voice and then if I drink this, it's going to fuck my voice up for the set, but I'm really yeah. hungover from yesterday. If I drink, I'll feel better. But then I want to spend more money tonight because what if I don't sell any fucking CDs or shirts? Mm-hmm. Wow, what am I going to do? We got nowhere to stay here. We got to do this. 
<laughs> you know, I got fucking $2,000, $3,000 in bills waiting for me when I get home. <laughs> fucking, it sucks. And it's like, I don't know, like, I, I remember, like, learning about Harvey Picard, and it was like, it changed the way I looked at everything. I mean, because Harvey Picard was, you know, he was highly successful. Yeah. But then he, he had a job the whole time, right? He kept his VA job because oh, yeah. it didn't really like, it wasn't impactful on his mind. Like it didn't take a lot of mind power. So he, his mind was free mm. to think about his art and the thing that he actually truly cared about. His bills were paid. Mm-hmm. He had a pension. Whew. And he had healthcare. Killing it. You know, he wasn't filthy rich from it. No. And he never, like, maybe he didn't become like somebody that, you know, made comic books 24 seven, but the things he made were impactful and meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And he was free to do it. He was like completely free to do it. Like he wasn't in, in the thing that he was passionate about. It wasn't tied to his finances. Bang. So it allowed him to just do whatever he wanted with it. He might not, you know, be able to dedicate himself to it 24 seven. Right. But you know, when he did dedicate himself to it, he wasn't thinking about like shit how am I going to pay this next bill? Or, you know, what if the record label drops me? You know, <laughs> he had that full freedom. Dude, I'm, I, it's funny you brought up P-Car because I was reading uh, this book. I, I have like maybe 20 pages left. It's called uh, How to Fail at Everything and Still Achieve or Still Succeed or something. And it's by the dude that wrote, he does Dilbert. That month. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the book's amazing because Scott Adams, that's his name. Um, the book's amazing because he talks about he was the same way, similar to Picar, but he had all of these jobs like working for like phone companies in the eighties, okay, eighties and nineties. And he kept getting elevated. And then finally he couldn't be elevated anymore. Cause they're like, we can't hire any more like white men to do this job. Like affirmative action kicked in. So yeah. he would then get let go. He would get like these fat severance checks and then go like the next phone company. Right. And so the whole time he was like thinking of all of these ways to get rich as fuck. Like all of these inventions, video games, PC games, all this stuff for years. And yeah. fucking all of them were like bad timing. Uh, someone beat him to the market with it. Uh, the technology changed, right? Yeah. And so he kept being like, all right, well, I'll just like keep having these fucking, I'd work at a bank. He worked for like some, but he would just like get it because he was just like, all right, well, I just kind of like need a gig so I can be creative to get rich. Yeah. And so after years and years of doing that, it gave him all the inspiration for Dilbert because he was in all these fucking like boring, pale office situations. So then he started realizing he was like, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was draw all the time. And he was like, and I have all this experience in, in every type of office setting on every level, like the drudgery. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, but most people that have that experience can't draw. And most people who can draw aren't funny. And I'm funny. So what if I drew a funny comic making fun of the corporate world? Dilbert. Boom. There you then, go. So then what he started doing was like he was doing Dilbert and it was getting circulation in newspaper, but he would still have his job. And then what he did was he would wake up at 430 in the morning to work on Dilbert for like an hour and a half, two hours in the morning, and then get ready for work. Because he also realized I can't do it at the end of the day because I'll be too tired because I want to make yeah. dinner, fucking sit down, watch. I can't be creative at night. I have to be creative in the morning. Yeah. So, so he said that. He was like, once he started waking up early and did Dilbert, and he's like, now I feel energized because I worked on something I really loved for two hours. And yeah. then I can go to work like on a high. Yeah. 
Dude, I, I, I did that with our entire record. I wrote in the morning for everything. And, and I started doing it on our, our record. Actually, I started doing it on Words Hurt. But it's like, same thing. Like, I try to write at night. And it's like, I don't have no, I can't. That's my problem it's now like, with COVID. Because I wrote everything the last three years in the morning, too. Same yeah. thing. So it's just like, you know, I, I basically started like the last couple of weeks. Like, I started just like walking in the morning again. Mm. And just throw because I used to do it like you know I would take my daughter to school I walk to the train I take the train I you know get off a couple stops early and walk and I would just like listen and I'd write shit in my head so I just get up I throw beats on and go for a walk and then you know by the time I'm home half a song is done that's it I, I next morning go out and finish it boom see my, my see my wife is up early she she does the walk before me so yeah by the time she gets up my son's away I'm like fuck and I'm making everybody breakfast and shit I'm laughing. Yeah. I gotta get. I'm I'm so far behind with that shit, but yeah. Yeah. But his his point of view, Scott Adams' point was like, don't do something you love thinking it's gonna make you get rich. There's nothing yeah. wrong with doing things specifically to get rich because then once the incentives kick in, you'll start liking it a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's okay. Yeah, but it's also like it, it make. I have a lot of friends that like are like, I'm gonna do this thing and get rich, mm. and it's like. <laughs> You spent the last ten years bouncing from get rich scheme to get rich quick scheme, right? And you have like a degree. You could be like working, yeah. Like, and you know, not to like to grade dreaming, but it's like if you were actually working for those ten years at the salary and compensation rate that you would get because of your degree and your experience in that field, mm-hmm. you would be close to rich. There you or go. you would be a lot better off than you are right now, <laughs> you know, like bouncing around from like free seminar to free seminar or whatever it is. It's like, oh, man. you could have been making like, you know, $125,000 a year. Yeah. But you chose not to. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, the algorithm but, told him to be mad at somebody else. Yeah. Be mad at that yeah. thing. Exactly. All that. So boom. Well, we we came through. We we kind of we just made up an episode out of nothing. We did out of thin air. Miss Castro and his screaming, yeah, um, at his animals, at random ad libs, um, shitting on Eric Sermon. Uh, out you of know, blue. <laughs> it, it's it's very necessary. So it's uh, I, I went back and we listened to one of our old episodes, and he I forget which one I was listening to randomly, and he just went fucking crazy about Eric Sermon <laughs> like. Yeah. It was delightful. It really is amazing the uh, the, the amount of rage he has for Eric, Eric Sermon. <laughs> I forget which one I was listening to. And someone said something they didn't know, and Castro was like, "No, that fuck that bitch ass green eyed bitch." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, we miss you, man." Well, yeah, uh, I hope I hope you're feeling a little better. Yeah, whatever he is, he's uh, hung over again. Yeah, because yeah, he, he had two sips of vodka and he's hung over. He's been hung over for the last week. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for peeping in the new uh, Cargo Colts leak. You can still pre-order the record. Uh, we're almost gone of the linen hard book CD packages. They're almost out of here. Which yeah. is dope. We still have a Zabruder metal tin can joints that can, where you can carry your 10 CDs and you're walking. <laughs> You could so it says ten, ten, 10 discs. Ten discs. You only get one from us, but you can put the other yeah. ones in there. You can you know, put all, and, all your discs. And and nothing says 
maintaining my CDs, like stacking them on top of each other with a yeah, in metal. In a metal, yeah. they, they might. Well, apparently there's like a foam yeah. thing inside of the package. Okay. To keep it somewhat stationary. Nice. Um, I'll believe it when I see it in my hand. So yeah, we've yes. been selling. We sold some necklaces and shirts. People have fun yep, with t-shirts. That. T-shirts look real dope. Yeah, t-shirts designed by Gang, who did the cover. Yeah, and, uh, artwork from Gang. Whoever, and if you buy any of the merch, picture, take a picture, tag it, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll make a new song to give you some at some point, and then you get to be determined future. That's that's the promise. That's the Cargo Colts Nihilist Millennial promise. Boom! There it is. There it is. Excellent. Well. Alaska's been great. We are the it's great rap real. duo. It's been exactly. wonderful. Exactly. Uh, I think I think you might have just given us a hint. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Yeah, right, I hope I'll, you guys don't figure it out. <laughs> I'll drop it. All right, cool. Talk All right, right peace. Talk 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 to me. Talk to me.